Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. An Erio's original. Welcome to the Mother of All Shows, the podcast that takes a deep dive into motherhood and parenting with a comedic twist. Because if we can't laugh after we blamed our toddler for hiding our keys only to find out that we put them in the freezer instead of the salmon, then we're all screwed. I'm your host, Kimmy Gatewood. I'm a comedian, director, and mother of an adorable four-year-old. In my youth, I always talked about adopting a child because there were so many kids that needed a good home and I didn't want to destroy my body. Hey, I was in my 20s and my body was fine. We've all been there. I could just go to the local orphanage, find my little redheaded Annie and be singing tomorrow by sundown, right? I think most of us understand the basic idea of adoption, but how does it actually work? The only time it's in the media these days is if someone's trying to stop gay people from adopting or Brangelina are back together again. How do you ask about adoption or being adopted without sounding like an unwoke Mrs. Hannigan? Today, I get both sides of the story. What's it like to adopt and what is it like to be adopted? So let's start with my chat with two adoptive mothers. Jean Philippique is a comedic actor on AP Bio and recently adopted an infant son in a closed adoption. And writer Carrie Church Cooper, who adopted two sweet girls with two open adoptions. Here is our conversation. Let's pretend I, I'm, I'm someone who's getting uh, going to adopt a child. Mm-hmm. Tell me the process, please. Ooh, how much? <laughs> it's a lot. Take it, Jean. No, well, no. the seminar well, we just, went let's to. Try, yeah. Let's streamline it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the seminar we went to kind mm-hmm. of broke it down like uh, you create a profile, kind of like a dating profile. Mm-hmm. And different lawyers do it differently. Some people have you make a, an actual book with pictures and stuff. But you kind of need to, in these types of adoptions, the birth mother chooses you in an open adoption in these kinds, the one we signed up for mm-hmm. anyway, um, the birth mother gets to look at different couples, uh, gay couples, straight couples, all sorts of different things and choose what they want for wow, their child. There is like immediately so much bias subjectivity, like being an actor in this mm-hmm. whole process, huh? What do you like, mean? Like you show your picture, you see like if you're gay, if you're straight, if you're like if and you're a single mom pick, or a single, single dad, and, like, the, and, and like there definitely is. I mean, the, the lawyers, stressful. the lawyer sort oh, of yeah. helped us because he's working with, you know, uh, women who place children for a very long time. And he was able to sort of explain like like a dating if you hired a dating coach to you know, he which was sort of able to which I also it's a different podcast for another time. Uh, but it was, was, was. Wait, you were a dating coach? I was for a long time, yeah. And a, do you think that the dating process and the adoption process They're are the similar? exact same thing. No. They're the exact oh same thing. Oh my god. I mean, <laughs> other than you don't go on dates with your birth mother, but the feeling of hoping someone picks you and trying to put right. your best foot forward and picking flattering photos. But you have, sure to not too too <laughs> you, you have to be yourself too because you have to be yourself. You have to be your true yeah, self because you if be, you try to yeah. create this other idea when the person exactly. meets you, they're wow. going to see you anyway. And they, mm-hmm. 
they, they can also change their mind. So you, in our situation, mm-hmm. you make this connection with the, um, the birth mother chose us uh-huh. and then, or could choose mm-hmm. us. And then we set up a phone call when we, we found out about her medical history and her, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like addiction and health and stuff like that. And we find yeah. out about the baby and her family, where she lives, that sort of thing. So if we think this is feasible, we say yes. Then we set up a phone call. And once you set up that phone call, it's pretty much like, you're, the lawyer said, like, you're not going to set up that phone call and then change your mind. It's oh. really, you can at any time, but you don't want to do that to these women who are like really in rough circumstances. Nobody wants to mm. place their baby for a time. Nobody inte- yeah. thinks like someday I'm going to hopefully place a baby. You know, it's really hard. So um, then you kind of cover their costs, not mm-hmm. kind of, you cover their, I was like very rent, much so rent, yeah. utility, yeah. medical costs. A lot of them are on Medicaid and stuff though mm-hmm. too. So that's not a lot of the birth mothers. I don't mean to say them, but, um, uh, and then I, sometimes you're there for the birth, which is another thing you have to plan out. And that's mm-hmm. different for everybody. Like yeah. our, our uh, some people we spoke to were like, get in there and cut the cord and beat, you know, I was like, I don't want to cut someone else's cord. That's not okay. That, you know, sure, if someone right. else is open to that, that that's not something I want to do. It's, yeah. it's such a delicate and complicated. You're totally situation. right. I mean, that's what I've realized is like, I think it's adoption is something that uh, people have a lot of opinions about and or misconceptions and the, the most simple thing, the most important thing to say about adoption is every single situation is completely different. Mm-hmm. So there's so many factors, the chemistry between adoptive mother and birth mother, the circumstances of the birth mother. I mean, my two, without getting too into it, like my two situations while they were, I was chosen by the birth mother ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, my lawyer did it a little bit differently where um, there were essentially two scenarios. One was if he found a birth mother, he would give that birth mother like, you know, three or four phone numbers and she would talk to three or four birth mothers and she would select ah. and who she connected with. Oh God, extra and then, stress on the phone call. A hundred percent. And then you, we, you would fly, fly, you know, meet and agree in person. Yes, we're going to move forward with this. There were also some scenarios where we would get a call saying there was a baby born last night in Nevada. Here's the basic medical information, like what you said, like if there was addiction issues or what the circumstances of the birth were, if certainly if the baby was born with anything right, in because the system. You yeah. know, you get that information as somebody, you know, right. I, like I'm not a, uh, I had yeah. Lottie, not, not adopted, but, um, is that, is that the proper term? The, no, I, she's I not adopted. Not, that's right. Not adopted. <laughs> <laughs> You've got it's it true. wrong. I got, she yeah. adopted. <laughs> it's so funny. I, I, I like, you. I keep wanting to make jokes. I'm just going to make yeah. them and you guys no, you can make plenty of jokes. We'll just call Lottie a vaginal baby. A lawyer is like a for adoptive parents, right? Yeah. No, I think. So lawyers are doulas for adoptive parents. Yes, exactly. Exactly. They walk through the whole process, but uh, oh, but but um, you were saying um, that oh, right, sometimes you get, you get all call, this medical history, yeah. and like to have to make a, a choice is like is very self reflective. Mm-hmm. Like this is like a lot of stuff that you oh, think about yourself, well, and like what can I handle? I'm sure you had and, to fill out. There's a questionnaire even before the babies and the birth moms and all that stuff when you hire the lawyer. Mm-hmm. You have to sit down with me. It was with my husband and fill out this like questionnaire where you say basically what you'd be open to, and it's right. I mean it's the longest list of like a baby with one arm, a baby with no arms, a baby with diabetes, a baby really? with heart fa- heart issues that are solvable, a baby with heart issues that are not solvable. I mean, it's, you just schizophrenia like, in the family, some marijuana yeah. smoking during the pregnancy, exactly. minimal alcohol in the first trimester. Yeah. I mean, you, it's really you learn a lot about intense. which drugs are actually more dangerous because 
most likely you're going to come in contact at some point wow. with a, with an opportunity or a situation that might involve drugs. Yep. For us, like, you know, you start going, okay, you, you realize this isn't great. Obviously, we would love to not have any drugs, but you start going, well, that's not that bad. You know, you start, alcohol is actually the right. worst for babies, which oh, you would have wow. thought yep. it. And so there were a couple situations where we would get a call basically saying there's a baby born three days ago. Here's a minimal amount of information. We would have the right to submit because now here's a here's a woman sitting in a hospital. She's given birth. She's decided to place the baby. She has a lawyer. That lawyer will come to her and hand her four or five files with. Our, oh, my God. So you have a letter at the ready that explains who you are, like a bio. And then this woman goes through and selects. And then you get a call saying, OK, she picked your profile. Do you want to move forward? And In then you do your you monologue, on one dramatic. Yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tap dance and a... But wow, you got... I mean, Jean's a really good actress. <laughs> <laughs> I spoke to two birth moms before my the birth mother of my daughter. And, you know, you don't know. It's like when you're dating, you're like, okay, maybe this is my husband. Like, this guy's cool. I don't know. Like, what am I supposed to feel? Right. And then you meet the person and, like, our conversation was just a different thing. And it was like, I knew... I knew this for 10 seconds. It, like, it was just this crazy, and we talked for 45 minutes, and, like, Aww. that went forward. And, I, I, yeah, it, it's a weird thing when it's the right connection. And I think, and it, with our second, we were a little more cautious and careful because we had our daughter to consider. So some of those situations that presented themselves that were a little darker, you know, where we were thinking of the narrative of, like, okay, now we, how is this going to affect our existing child, and what are we going to have to navigate if there's violence or Mm -hmm. jail or you know Mm -hmm. like where you're going okay and then of course you feel it's a really hard thing I was really emotional because it's not that baby's fault but then just a fresh soul born yeah you know you're gonna have a relationship with yes within an open adoption for the rest of your lives and yeah so you have to and that's why to take that on as a part of your a different different definition but of your family yes but I also you know I say that to people all the time uh, among the many stupid things you hear consistently as an adoptive parent is like, I don't know, you just never know what you're going to get. And I'm like, you don't know what you're going to get when you give birth. Like, yeah, my father was manic depressive. My mother was depressed. Like my father committed suicide, not to get really heavy, but like, you know, who was a baby who genetically really was not a prize uh, this girl. So <laughs> it's just crazy to me. And I think it's yeah. just so much about control. You know, people think, the idea of parenthood, the idea of adoption, it's also terrifying. People are just trying to exert some control and the unknown is mm-hmm. scary, but that's parenthood. And that's what you learn from the day you have a child, whether you pop one out or you get one. You know, it's... <laughs> how how do we define these new families that we're creating? And like, there's no language for like, they're mm. your daughter's birth parents and they're a part of our family or a part, part of our narrative? How I think it's just such a gray area. Yeah. yeah. Like you were saying earlier, Jen, like it's it's... It, it it depends. Some people like the birth mother comes and moves closer, and it's, mm-hmm. they see each other once a month, or mm-hmm. they're very much in their life. And in that way, it seems like yes, you're part of our family, right? Um, but in some cases, it's not. So I think that's one of the hard parts about adoptions. You think like I'm making this choice, and like you said, also like I have control over this, so we'll name it this. And it's just such it's, it's all like gray area. divorce. I mean, you could say the same thing about a divorce and remarriage and step parents. Like any kind of atypical family, it's mm-hmm. going to be circumstantial to the people involved and the attitude of the adults and the needs of the child. Yeah, my, so. My my mom got married when she got remarried when I was ugh, when Lottie was like two months old, and so she has. I have this 
her, my mom's husband, I'm like, he's, is he my stepdad now? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's kind of like the thing where you're like, how do I, uh, is he, is he my stepdad or is mm-hmm. he just like my mom's husband or is he, but he's Lottie's grandfather, I guess, you know, but it just so happened so late yeah, in life. He, <laughs> it's so weird, like to try to define it yeah. and like, you know, I think maybe if there's like, if people are okay with not necessarily being able to define what the adoptive yeah, families I think that's are. A big then... thing. I feel like halfway along the way, everything sort of exploded where we knew we had no control over anything. Mm-hmm. And, um, initially the we, adoption process. Is yeah. Initially we were like, we want a baby that resembles us because we don't want to tell everyone. We don't want to have a conversation mm. with strangers about adoption. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> right, right. but then, uh, our friends who adopted said, you're going to have it all the time anyway. So, let go of that. So then we, oh, they're called filters in our situation mm-hmm. too, just like uh, race like or dating. gender, or you can pick <laughs> different things. And we were just like, okay, we don't care about that. But we just realized that there, we weren't, it wasn't going to be neat. And I grew up in a very like, quote unquote, normal, neat, orderly. This is what everything, everything has its title and place. And it's just like, nope. So once you kind of let go of all of that, mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't feel the need to, to, to have a correct label for things right now. I just know that we're going to figure it out as we go, which is a little like improv too, where you just kind of like, just mm-hmm. kind of saying yes and going forward and not knowing exactly what's next, but you're in a good place and you trust your choices and that kind of thing. But yeah. it's kind of and a you're great... you're going to have an awesome callback in like 10 minutes and you're going to nail out the audience <laughs> applause. someone will edit you. I right. think it's... <laughs> <laughs> you need it. Maybe you... Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Don't it's a, a great lead up to parenthood. Like for me, I think it was really the best thing that could have happened to me personally because I think I'm a very different kind of mother because it helped me let go of a lot of control. Like I, I wonder if I hadn't had to let go of a lot of the ideas of what my, you know, pregnancy would be like, or my motherhood would be like, or the birth or, or my child having my eyes and my husband's whatever. Like once I was able, you know, my once husband's I, whatever, whatever <laughs> everything is ass. I, yeah, I wanted to say yeah, it's ass. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Sorry, you, you know, I know I'm like, uh, what is your husband's ass? He, no, he's got a great ass. That's why I was laughing because I was just like, it's like, that's what she's going to say. Moment, she just said, called it a whatever. Moment. Now I know next time we go to Legoland, no. <laughs> where you look away from my husband's ass. No, <laughs> um, I was just like, I think it made me a much chiller parent because it from the get, I was like, well, I don't know. We just got to roll with this, you know, and it, it really made me less neurotic. Not that I'm still not neurotic, but I think it was, it just turned out to be the absolute best way that I could have become a mom for me. What you just said also reminded me of something. We, you also have to meet with a social worker back on the, like, what's the recipe for adoption mm-hmm. or what is the kind of track you put your information out there. Somebody chooses you or you make this connection, but you also do something called a home study where uh-huh. a social worker comes in and does an extraordinarily thorough rundown of you and your partner and your history. I'm divorced. Why did you get divorced? Mm-hmm. Have you gone to therapy? How is your relationship with both your parents? How are you disciplined? Uh, have you ever That's been arrested? Fingerprints yeah. bring up. It sure is when you're already like, I'm sad. Sensitive. I had so many yeah. miscarriages and we just want to have some <laughs> yeah. good news and anyone can fucking get pregnant and have a baby Ugh. and I have to go through yep. this hoop, hoop, hoop. But if I was placing my child, I would sure want them mm-hmm. vetted too. But our social worker had said to us, um, that her, she adopted a son as well. And she said that at one point he was like, where is my mom? Where is my birth mother? Or where, where's my birth? Where did I come from? Or some, some open ended mm-hmm. question where she was like, Oh God. And she was driving. Cause I remember her telling mm-hmm. me a story and like fake holding a steering wheel. And she was like, well, 
<laughs> she is, she lives in Tennessee. And he was like, okay. Yeah. And she was like, you don't have to over answer every mm-hmm. question. <laughs> oh, so right. Like, oh, oh like, that's um, so yeah. helpful. Yeah. That you don't uh, need to know everything 100%. right away. <laughs> no, that, High that. school was tough. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I actually there. read it somewhere, which is like when they ask a question, answer it and then wait and see if that satisfies them. Mm. And for talkers, like I'm sure we all are, and you you think about these conversations with your kids from the yeah. day they're born, it's very easy to go like, here we go. <laughs> and it's true. Like, you know, my daughter was like, you know, when she asked about skin color, you know, and then I go, well... Remember we met Trisha and Jonathan and Trisha's skin is pink like mommy's and Jonathan's dark like Keaton's. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, well, when you mix those together, you get your caramel skin. And she goes, okay. And like, same thing. And then I was like, <laughs> didn't ask. So I was like, okay, pause there. Like, and now she knows that. And yeah. she, but it's amazing to me how conscious she is of skin color. And this is probably a different podcast, but just, you know, not in a negative or positive way, just in a factual, she'll once a week just comment well, on yeah. this person is this color or this person is this color as she moves through the yeah. world you my, think my oh kids are colorblind and it's, she doesn't have judgment on it yeah. but, but she's especially aware because it. it's so important for her mm-hmm. like this is different so how's it working for everybody yeah. else like right it's identity also you know finding her place and everybody's looking for labels like we were just talking about mm-hmm. you know my, my all my nieces and nephews are mixed color skin mm-hmm. and yes I did and we that. took her we took my um one of my nieces to Florida and she says, uh, I wish I had peach skin like you guys. And like, it was heartbreaking Heartbreaking. to hear that. But then it, you're like, okay, this is opening. Like she's clearly needing to have a conversation Mm -hmm. about why go back to, okay. So you have, you have to get, you have to get deep in your psychological shit when you get a home visit from a social worker Mm -hmm. and they immediately four visits or something. And then there are visits after the placement as well. I think so. There's a lot of paperwork that gets filled out. They interviewed me. She interviewed me separately from Brian. So there like was like a three hour style. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. cool. She brought a low light down over my head and turned off all the other Make lights. Make sure you don't get hit. You're not in an abusive relationship. We smoked cigarettes. It was cool. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Um, like I didn't even yeah. know we had good lighting in our house. I mean, they until- checked, did they check your cars too? She was like, we need to go outside yeah. do a vehicle check, do the brakes work and the signal. And I was like, oh, yeah. are you fucking kidding? Tick, tick, tick. Here you go. Our signals were, I was so. I mean, it was like bad. before we had been chosen and she yeah. was like, you have to cover these electrical outlets. And I was like, well, when there is a baby, I will do that. Yeah. Like, he had gates and everything. But there was a lot everything. of conversation about if you disagree with your husband, how does he react? Like they really do try to figure out your dynamic and make sure that there's not a volatile situation. Or so what you're saying being... is all adoptive parents are in strong ass relationships yeah. and have safe no working yeah. cars. No problems. Yeah. <laughs> no knives, no alcohol no, out right. in the open. Right. Covered so you have to hide the yeah. knives and alcohol mm-hmm. and everything. So, okay, you have to hide your knives, alcohol. Does your car work? Are there any other weird things that you were like... Well, you get a blood uh, test, fingerprinted. Yeah. Okay. Background check. Blood. Physical. Mm-hmm. Um, Physical. Yeah. You have to take CPR classes mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, baby CPR. And, and we had to take, tra- we had you to guys take. are superior parents. I'm just going to say that <laughs> We right had to now. take transracial <laughs> adoption classes at Vista. Um, I remember what I was going to say yes. before, which was, which is why I picked up Panem. Um, the, the social work had said, the social work? Er, the mm-hmm. social worker had said to us that um, there's grief all throughout uh, adoption uh, for the, the parents who are adopting for most likely have had some grief, um, some infertility or something. Sometimes people just choose to adopt and mm-hmm. don't carry that. But for the adoptive children, there there is always going to be this grief as well that they, if it is an abandonment issue or that they didn't remain with their biological parents. And she said, don't try to think that this adoption will solve your grief or their grief. Mm. But what you will do, I'm going to say grief a lot, but you both, 
what you have together is that you both have these these things that you grieve. So you're sad about this. I'm sad about this. And I understand what it is to be sad. I'm not going to try and fix it. I'm not, mm-hmm. it doesn't fill the whole, like, it's not like we adopted you. So you're never going to be sad. It's just like you, you're going to be sad on and off throughout your life about that. I'm still sad about infertility stuff, even though we have a baby and have this family. If someone yeah. talks about breastfeeding, I can't relate or some, you know, sometimes when kids p- do resemble their parents, I'm like, well, that must be nice. And I'm like, okay, that's just not how it's working for us. Okay. But it's, it's always going to be there. So thinking that it fixes stuff, it was really helpful for her to say that, that mm-hmm. this doesn't fix all that. Oh, so you're that not setting yourself nicest. up for failure yeah? because it's I think there's a lot. Messy. Yeah. You know, I just know, I know my kids are going to need things I can't provide them, which is a humbling feeling because you love them so much, especially when they're little, that you just feel like I'm going to protect them, I'm going to provide for them, I'm going to give them everything they need, I'm going to live my life to give them what they need. And the idea that no matter how hard I go at that, there are things they'll need that I can't provide them. And so I continue to just let that be fact and let that I hope that's true. Evolve, I mean, I think you know? that's true of all parenting yeah. in general. The, the faults yeah. that we find in ourselves and mm-hmm. like that we can't give a child everything and we could give them everything. These people are millionaires and billionaires and they can't give yeah. their child everything and they yeah. have nothing and they can give their child as, yes. like as much as humanly possible. But the, the, the awareness is, I mean, honestly, like I'm kind of blown away by your self-awareness as like a parent and a human. Like it's like, what a, I mean, it's just something I guess you have to face with when a social worker is coming into your house. It's and, really you know? helpful though to have those conversations about how are you going to discipline this kid? And I was like, Oh, we know. And then I was like, Oh wait, we do. We don't, we are exactly on the same page here. Mm. So what do you think about this? And how are we going to do this? And what to have someone who is an expert say like, Never do this and always, you know, like, oh, okay. That's, mm-hmm. it's really helpful, even though mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot to go, you know, it's a lot of a giant hoop to jump through. Yeah. But it gives you a lot of prep to be a parent. Yeah. So just, um, the conclusion to your story of, uh, so you, the, the first adoption fell through. And then I know this story, but mm-hmm. can you tell? Sure. The Carrie two days later, I mean, the next day we went and met with the lawyer and I was so devastated that I was like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm so sad. I'm sick of having bad news, blah, 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 blah. And um, Brian, my husband was like, no, we need to talk and, you know, say like, these were issues that we didn't know if this woman mm-hmm. was vetted correctly. And there's a lot of relationships in that system. And did this one just kind of fall through the cracks? Like, they, you know, these were, we needed to kind of explain our situation and let them know how we felt. And also there was an emergency list. So our friends who had had that one fall through had got put on this emergency list. And thank goodness they had said that to us too. So Brian was like, put us on that list. If there's a last minute, that's not an open relationship, whatever, put us on it. And I was like, yeah, we are so sad right now, but we're also ready because Mm. we had friends of ours had done this last minute registry and we I remember that so we had all these gifts and everything in our bags packed and just like ah so we put it all away and went home and um and then the next day I mean we had like emptied out the refrigerator because I'm like we're gonna be in Michigan for two weeks I don't want the butter to go bad so let's eat all the butter whatever like (laughs) we didn't just eat butter but (laughs) scoopfuls of butter we have to do this for the baby Uh, (laughs) so I was like uh Brian was like, I'll put all the stuff away because we didn't want to just look at a crib, yes. unbuilt crib or whatever. And then got home and they called and they were like, um, this baby was born in a hospital in, in the valley. Oh. And do you want to come? And we were like, what? And then we're like, I don't know. Who is this woman? Is she scamming? Is she lying? Right. Is this baby sick? And, and um, so the next morning we went to the hospital and the pediatrician was like, this baby is fine. And we were like, no, do every test. <laughs> <laughs> too. But Bruce was just sitting yeah. there like, and I just thought um, when the, when the, 
his birth mother didn't want to know even the gender. It was too upsetting for her. And she just, mm. um, so he was, he stayed in the NICU, not the maternity war because she didn't want to have that connection at the time, which I just can't imagine as a woman who's given birth. I'm sure you can't imagine either what that would be like to, to have to go through that. And she knew she couldn't take care of him. And she'd written some paperwork mm-hmm. saying like, I, she has a daughter and she's like, I can't take care of, she was a single mom. I can't take mm-hmm. care of my daughter yeah. or a baby, let alone both of them at the same time. So she was really doing the most painful thing for the best thing for her kids. Anyway, we went to the NICU and the nurses there were like, this baby is healthy. I'm like, we don't know. And she's like, we see unhealthy babies here. This baby His is so alone is a he, national he's got treasure. A lot of hair. He's a super content. I was like, this is traumatic. He's content. He is a happy boy. Yeah. He's a, he's just really miraculous. Like, and people were like, it, it's the one you were meant to have. And I just don't feel like anybody could, any baby could be the baby we were meant yeah. to have. But it is a wonderful ending to a really sad story. But it could have just been like, we didn't match and we never matched. I mean, that could happen too. Just like, and people are like, you'll get pregnant after you adopt. I mean, I people just want to put a bow on things yes. sometimes. And it's it's not always like that. But we were Well, right, people project watching. their own ignorance or fear, usually mm-hmm. fear onto a situation so i also go crazy when people are like watch you'll get pregnant and i just want to be like bitch you don't know my infertility situation like the hand of god would have to reach down and <laughs> shove a baby up there you know and it's like and so i pay to see but, that carrie but that also be no people mean well but i really fucking hate people, that well the because most. what they're saying and this comes up time and time again yeah. is your motherhood is just slightly less than my motherhood oh. or the real way, you know, you'll oh, get I, what you really need you and want. Get, yeah. I, like, solve it. You know, and I had an educated, beautiful, like normal woman I've known for a decade say to me the first time I told her we were adopting, are you going to have a real baby too? <gasps> I mean, people say what? crazy shit. And I try not to like eviscerate people because the reality is that's their own fear talking or their own, yeah. they're trying to imagine themselves in that situation sure. or they're looking at a baby. I mean, listen, I look at my baby sometimes and I go, thank God this woman was in a situation where she couldn't keep her. Thank yes. God she had to give her up or whatever you want to call it. It's like the most amazing and like generous and like selfless thing a person can do. Like you can get an abortion. You can leave your baby on the steps of a firehouse. Like to make a choice to to look at families and 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 consciously choose somebody and then like agree to an open adoption. Like I text photos to the birth parents and every time I do, there's like a part of me that's like, sorry, like, this oh. is amazing, but like you're missing this, you know? Right. Yeah. Oh wow, <laughs> Carrie. Yeah, even Mother's oh. Day is yeah. is sad too. I think I oh, thought about God, that woman guys. like it was our first, my first Mother's Day, but I was like, this woman doesn't know this, where this boy is today. Like that's really hard too. Oh, oh my God. And she on his birthday. Yeah, it's never. It's not. Yeah, they're not these How? women who are like, oops, here. Yeah, like, nobody like, throwing you baby. Like, yeah. Totally. I really liked what you said about the the grieving process or yeah. what the social worker said. I think that was a really profound way to think about so many things in life, you know, like just existing and like it's not going to solve anything by doing this thing, you know. That, yeah, grief like, just continues. It yes. just lingers. It just like lives in us the rest of our lives when we have big loss and yeah it's people crazy. want people to be okay they it yeah. makes them comfortable so they want to be like oh you have a baby now you're okay now 
Like right. that happened and now it's over. And yeah. No, you know, and it can be both. I mean, that's how life both. is. You can be happy and what? still be grieving Happy something. and sad. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. Adoption can cost as much as $50,000, but resources exist to help offset some expenses. God damn. Yep. That is a lot of money. That is a lot There's of a company money. called Adopt Help. We did not use them, but, and I don't know a ton about them, but I do know that they have resources for grants and scholarships for lack of a better term Mm -hmm. um there's also an adoption tax credit if your income is under a certain amount there's like a eighteen thousand dollar tax write-off or something um uh but yeah it's just fucking expensive it should be less expensive (laughs) also you have to make these profiles Mm -hmm. you have to travel we we bought a hundred profiles great we printed them up expense as well also just emotional expense uh paying for the brochures from this woman in wisconsin who makes these brochures okay yeah, you great have to so get cool. a, like a gene and brian brochure oh yeah and I, and you'll never see it it's oh, yeah. the grossest thing ever <laughs> yes ditto i would like to burn them all no <laughs> never and I, I think i wrote the whole thing too because we were just both like whatever and i was yeah. like brian thinks gene is the greatest cook in the world. Like, I, just, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't care and then we were like what kind of music do you like uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> Adele, like, what's too cool? What's cool? Like, but um, we then at one point they were like, we uh, we need you to send more profiles. We've sent them all out. I'm like, another eight hundred dollars for profiles. Okay, they're just and then we have to get fingerprinted again or blah blah blah. They're, money the starts to feel are, like monopoly money. It is like you insane. just start going like, uh, you know, and wow. What would you comp- what, is there Yeah, but there are grants. To? We qualified for a grant. Um. Before we did go through Adopt Help, but we also before that someone had mentioned that the tax credit happens after the finalization. So if you apply, or that tax credit will happen after everything, which is an awesome thing when you're totally depleted, and need still need yeah. diapers and everything. But there are yeah. several. If you just Google adoption grants, things yeah. will come up, and there there is help out there because people want babies, you know, to go to good homes, and it shouldn't. Having money should not be a requirement. Oh my god! For I mean, it's there's so many kids. There's so many kids, you know, that there's so many families who want to take these babies that wind up in foster care. And if you, the idea that I'm so grateful we had the money to do it, not that we didn't have other better things we could have spent, not better things, but like not that we didn't have another place we would have wanted to put that money. Like it wasn't easy for us, but we could at least thank God do it. And when you realize, Oh, I can't conceive naturally. And then you realize if I didn't have this money, I couldn't be a mom. It's like heartbreaking. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's, it's also like this baby costs, $50,000 $50,000 and another baby is like doesn't is free or what it's yeah. just like or you the, get paid right, to, to have to put a like, price tag on what? a child's it's life gross, is yeah. like this well, is also, fucked up insane. the sad thing yeah. is in most of those situations the money doesn't go to the birth mother you know those Where situations are astronomical costs? attorney fees and like oh, attorney fees yeah and, there's a huge yeah. advertising fee and yeah uh, and a lot and of times processing and wait, wait, wait. And, a- yeah. advertising fee for what like like putting your yeah keep everything online and keep so that oh. mothers can find you yeah like to basically like a, a web host their website like, a, like advertising oh. for like yeah. so birth moms call my lawyer and uh-huh. say I'm pregnant I don't know what I'm gonna do and he has a long conversation with them and then they've got out if he's gonna work with her 24 hours a day people do you, answering did you cost fifty thousand dollars for a, as a dating coach I, you know what no and I but I should have <laughs> god damn that is um, it's a lot of money you should yeah. have social workers for a dating coach <laughs> <laughs> but also here's one thing I'll say yeah. too and like I were in a very lucky situation where we were able to do that like I'll say that again um, and it we didn't have to sell our house or like you know uh, the the it's like it all 
the money doesn't matter at the end of it. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it, it becomes like you go, it came in, it came out, we're making more. I'm not going to think about how much we'd have in savings if we didn't do it. I'm not going to think about what I could have spent. It doesn't matter. You have your kids. Like it's a daunting idea. And I think it probably keeps a lot of people from pursuing it or coming mm-hmm. around to adoption easier because they're just thinking I need $60,000 in cash. That's insane. If you had ever said that to me, never mind twice in four years, I would be like, hmm, what? Hmm? Uh, <laughs> but it's, you know, just don't let that stop you. Like there are also, you know, there are, there's help out there, but even if, and you can foster. Yeah. 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 Is there anything else that you guys wanted to um, say to like just a small nugget of wisdom to anyone who's maybe nervous or like going through something that you see them and hear them? The greatest decision I ever made. Me too. Yeah. It's so hard. But then once you are over the hard part, it all melts away. Yeah. The money stuff and all of the scrutiny and Mm -hmm. this stuff that just feels so impossible. I don't care at all. And really quick. I never feel like there's anything that I missed out on. Like I don't, I don't go like, I never feel like my motherhood is in second place, which I know is like, I would be a monster if I said it was, but I really, I feel like this was exactly, and I'm not a like everything happens for a reason person, but I feel like I got the kids, like my kids in the best way for me and our family. And now I'm like, thank God I didn't get pregnant. Like, thank God. Like what if I, if I had a baby of, naturally mm-hmm. for lack of a better <laughs> term as you said i'm like um, making a face uh the you know right way. then uh, i wouldn't no, have no, no, marlo no. and keaton and i agree like that doesn't mean that like they were a star and fell from the sky but it's just <laughs> like i just go like everything is exactly the way that i would have hoped it my motherhood is awesome and it feels like i think i imagine growing a baby inside of you is pretty incredible but i also feel like it's pretty incredible that I found this little girl, like that we found our way to each other somehow Mm -hmm. and that she gets to be my kid. Like that feels like its own separate amazing thing. Up next is my conversation with comedic actor Jessica Elena Eason. She is a mother of two and was adopted as an infant from Colombia. Take a listen after the break. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I love being adopted and I mean, it runs a spectrum. It runs a spectrum in my family. We're all adopted. I have um, two other sisters and they're also adopted and we feel very differently about it. But for me personally, I love it, love it, love it. So I probably talk about more <laughs> than most people because if I hear any mention of adoption, I am You're right there. there. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I love it. Uh, I'm like adopted me. too. It's like me with fi- figs because I have a fig tree, you know, <laughs> I just get in there. That's right. It um, is like you. <laughs> It's way, to, true. way to go, Kimmy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, don't sorry. be sorry. I love it. It is the same thing. It's just hearing a, like a key word, like it's like a whistle for a dog. I'm like, what? Yes. <laughs> That's really cool that you talk about it so much. I love it because I love, I love it. I love being adopted. So wait, you have two two other siblings. I do. Yeah. My middle sister is, um, I was adopted from Bogota, Colombia. My mm-hmm. parents are white, white, white. And I grew up in Massachusetts. My middle sister is also adopted from Bogota, Colombia. We are not biological. She has since met her birth mother wow. and her 
uh, what would he be? Stepbrother. And my mom and my dad have met her stepmother. They've met up in Florida. Um, yeah, I mean, they've, they all know each other. And my sister looks just like her birth mother. It's crazy. I mean, of course that makes sense. But when you're adopted your whole life, you don't look like anyone in your family. It's yeah. kind of bizarre. When I saw her, I was like, oh my God, this woman looks just like you. It's nuts. <laughs> um, you guys must be related. I yeah, get it. No, I, I get understand. it. I get it. <laughs> because my whole life I grew up with people that don't look like me and they're yeah. my family. And I don't think anything of it um, until kind people of, point yeah. it out. And people always point it out. Um Ugh. I'm so used to it now. I'm like, yeah, whatever. When did you find out that you were adopted? I've always known. I can't remember a time no, like not knowing to know mm-hmm. because I, it was so open in my family. So I, it was just a known thing. People have feelings about adoption. Uh-huh. People that are not anywhere part of adoption. And of course, people that are adopted <laughs> have them too. But okay. I think people outside have a lot of feelings of like, um, I think it all stems from we don't talk about women and we don't talk about reproduction. And so when women have infertility problems and they can't have children in that way, because mm-hmm. they do have children eventually, um, I think there's shame around that. And no one, we don't deal well with shame in this country, so we just don't talk about it. And then suddenly you have a <laughs> well, kid. Well, you in particular, you're from Massachusetts. So. <laughs> right, we don't really don't talk about it. And then you have a kid that maybe doesn't look like you or whatever, and the people, right. you know, I don't know. I, th- I, th- I think that's part of it. I think it's much better to know forever. I think it's really weird to have this unveiling because... <laughs> Then it feels like you're, you're right. right? It's like a gender reveal. I hate those parties. Me too. too. I think those are, even though I do like a cake. So please Girl, invite me because yes. I will eat your cake. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's weird. I think it makes it, I think it makes it feel, I don't know. I, I, don't, I think it's because in my head, if I was guessing, I think people used to do it because they wanted to believe, I guess, that you were related, blood related and that somehow made you more of a family. Right. Where for me, because it is my family, of course it's my family. I I don't need more. The blood doesn't make it more real. I mean, you're one of the most like down to earth, grounded people I've ever met in my life, I think. So it's like not surprising that you're able to deal with such a like something that people struggle with. You're just like, yeah, it's like I this is the life that I love and choose. And it's like it's like I I think it's (laughs) it's amazing. But I'm sure that it's not like that. For everyone. No, I know it's not. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, there's so many feelings about that, the abandonment of it all. I mean, I, I think right. I struggle with that, but I don't struggle with it in a way that is with my parents. Um, like even when you said, and I get this a lot, like, well, if it was when you said, I forgot what you said a couple minutes ago, like mom and dad, but then I'm revealing that it's this other thing. And it's like, I think of your adopted, like, well, they are my mom and dad. It's like, it tinges that off in me. Like, oh, that's, they're not my biological mom and dad. Like people say that all the time, but your real mom and dad, Ooh, I'm like yeah. they are my real mom and dad. And I think from having kids, it's like just having a baby does not make you a mother. <laughs> yeah. Being a mother is getting up at night, bringing them to school, holding their hands. Aww. I know I'm going to cry, but I feel like that's what my mom and dad did for me. So I don't know anything. The people that biologically had me, I, Really had no, for me, and I'm sure if I saw a therapist, I'm sure it's all about shutting it out. Um, I didn't really care about meeting. Now having my own kids, I would like to meet the woman who carried me to say thank you because I was born healthy and I was born at a great weight. Like, 
And now having kids, I'm like, that's not to be taken for granted. So she took care of herself. I could have been born right with a, a bunch of problems and I wasn't. So thanks to that. And I also would like to know what they look like. I, of course, that part, because now I have kids. Um, like I was saying earlier, I grew up, I don't look like my family at all. Um, cause we're, you know, Latinx and my parents are white. Um, and so my mom is very funny. She's always like, we have the same square faces, which we don't really have, but I oh, love that's so cute. But I love that she <laughs> says that, right? She, I, I, um, but I'm definitely nature versus nurture. Um, mm-hmm. I have so much nurture of them inside me. It's crazy. It's like, it's, I like it cause I can own all my nature. None of, they don't own any of my nature and, but I get all right. the nurture from them. So I kind of like both of that. Were you a baby when you were adopted? Yes. How old? Six you know? weeks old. Girl. Could you imagine right? being, I mean, could you imagine giving up a child at six weeks? I mean, or I guess she never probably met you, I'm guessing. No, I, I don't know either. But I, yeah. I, I, what I take away from this, so funny, because I don't ever think of it that way. I think of it from the kid's perspective, because yeah. I have, having my kids, I'm like, yeah, I could have handed them to anybody at six weeks, and they would have been like, peace. Like, when people <laughs> yeah, say yeah, like, oh, totally the right. smell, I'm like, they don't give a shit. <laughs> as long as someone's feeding them, all cool. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Oh my God. Are you feeding me? Do you love me? Are you, are you holding me, me and loving me? Are you yeah. rocking me? Yeah. Please just somebody. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. It's, I, I, so, I agree with you. But yeah, it's crazy. Someone flew. I mean, it's different now. When I was adopted, they flew me up from Columbia to Logan Airport. My parents came to the airport, picked me up and took me home. <gasps> and when I was six years old, uh, one afternoon, I'll never forget it. We used to have a brick, like a fireplace in the kitchen. And my parents, like I was standing on the little brick edge of it. And my mom and dad came over and my mom was like, do you want a baby sister? And I said, yes. My mother said, we're getting her tomorrow. And we went to Logan Airport and we got my sister. So for like the first 20 years of your life, you're like, well, babies come from airports, obviously. Obviously. So easy. You just go pick one up. Oh, yeah, I can do this. I can do that. And then my cousin years and years later has adopted three Colombian children. Um, oh, I was wow. laughing like our family's in Colombian, the whitest yeah. people on the planet. And it's much different now. Now you have to go to Colombia and they watch oh, yeah. you with the kids. I mean, that makes much more sense. Um, sure, sure, sure. Rather than putting them on a plane, they're like, here you go. Here Bye. you go. Someone flying them up. Oh, those no. are the days. Those are the days. Just go and pick them up. You can get a baby, but put a baby yeah. on an airplane and get it. Just yeah. fly right up. Yeah. <laughs> so were your so we didn't. I just just to clarify. So your parents could not have children on their no, own. No, they couldn't. And we, I, yeah. uh, I love. I don't love talking about it, but I, I love. I want to be open about it because I think that's important. Mm-hmm. And I've had many friends who've had fertility issues I ended up having fertility issues um that talked to me freely about it because they knew my mom had them and they knew that was very open in our house wow and so I have friends who grew up with when they had trouble were like well Jess you get it <laughs> and I kind of did get it in a weird I mean then I really got it when I had my own but yeah my mom could get pregnant mm-hmm. had been pregnant many times and just couldn't couldn't stick wouldn't stick I mean she had one that my parents have talked about with me very openly that I think she was almost maybe she was eight months pregnant. Oh God! And then yes. she had to deliver the baby. Oh my and God! The baby had already passed. Oh And my, my dad God. talks about it to this day. It's the worst day of their lives. Oh. And when now I you was, understand profoundly, right? And when I was ten, I think I was around ten or eleven. My mom was pregnant, and my sister and I went to hear the baby's heartbeat. We all—I I mean, I remember it plain as it went into Boston. We were there, and the the doctor put the you know thing on so we could hear the heartbeat, and there was no heartbeat. And I just remember my dad's hand coming on our shoulders and we were whisked out of the room. Oh, my God. And then we just went home and sat on the couch 
And my Nana came over and my grandmother came over and we all just cried. And it was never really taught. We had a name for the baby. Oh my God. And so it's just, it's there. It's like that. It's there. Um, And my mom and I can now joke, not joke, but I'm often say to her, you know, I'm very sad. You couldn't have kids yourself, but I'm also so thankful because I wouldn't be here. And she agrees. And, um, my mom and I are very close and it's not perfect. Believe me. Um, (laughs) but very open about things. Mm -hmm. And, on that same note, when I had trouble getting pregnant the second time and we did, I ended up doing IVF. My mom could not talk about that. She really, that was like the one mm-hmm. thing I've ever done in my life. She could not go down that road. It really was too, way too close to home. My whole IVF, it took us twice. She could not go down that. And I'd respect that. She could not go down that road with us. Yeah. I, and it is a weird moment when you realize how human your parents are. And like, yep. they're like, oh, they're saints. They, you know, they, they, they had a hard time and then they adopted these children and then they took in another child from another family and like yeah. how great they are. But then then suddenly you see yeah, their pain. the actual pain. And yeah. that's a strange day. And that's, I think, the, the gift of motherhood and like why every parent is just like, become a parent, then you'll understand. <laughs> Please. You know what I mean? <laughs> True. I have a genuine question for you. And how would you like to see the world talk to you about adoption or about other people about adoption? What questions would you like to hear and what questions are you tired of hearing? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, the first, my first thought is I wish people would just be more, uh, come from a place of love and openness about it rather than sadness and shame. And I get <laughs> it comes from that because usually I mean, I'm sure there are people who adopt who've always wanted to adopt, which I was one of them. And then, but most of the time it comes from people that have tried to have children biologically and can't. And so it there is a sadness, right? Right. And a giving up of a, a way you saw your life happening and it's not happening that way. So I think we have to honor that. I think that's right. very important to honor. Um, the cheap way to have a baby. <laughs> right. And then I think um, to give into the love part of it. What jokes or things um what things would you people like people to maybe not say um you know what i yeah. mean or what my biggest you tired one of? is really real that just that's the one that makes like me the real craziest. mom or real yeah dad. your real mom makes me i mean not as it used to make me matter now that i'm older i'm kind of like oh you're just ignorant mm-hmm. um i'm like she is my real mom i'd right away to say oh my real mom is my mom i think you mean my biological mom i yeah. just correct them immediately yeah i think it's just that because it just it it it's it feels like it you know takes away from your family it's as if as if the people that have raised your whole life aren't real I mean, <laughs> that's what you're saying right because what you're right. saying is you're boiling it down to the person that has pushes you out of their body gets all the say. Right. And I don't believe right. that. I right. mean, I, obviously I don't believe that. I, I have, that's not how I was raised. I mean, I don't, I'm very thankful to whomever those two people were that made me into the woman that carried me. But she certainly is not my mother. She does not know me. She has not raised me. She does not know my, held my children for hours and hours, come and helped me out, supported me my whole life. I mean, that's my mom. Yeah. I think adoption is a beautiful thing. Uh, Like it, it's, it uh, allows, I don't know. It gives it, it gives children a better life because most kids that are adopted are yes. going to, are on a train to not having the support and love that they need. No, and right? They weren't ready or whatever, or something traumatic mm-hmm. happened. Who knows why? Who knows why? But uh, most, of the, I would say, ninety nine percent of the time, right? A woman is not willing, willfully, just giving up a child for no good reason. There's a reason why you would carry a child all the way and mm-hmm. then give it up. That is the one of the most 
one of the many right supreme sacrifices a human can make for another human i think after having a baby having a baby carrying it and then giving it up to someone else to have a better chance is i mean that's a huge sacrifice and i'm so grateful to the woman that did that for me yes forever grateful My takeaway from this episode is that I have a much deeper understanding of why people feel so uncomfortable about talking about adoption. I hope this episode has demystified the process for anyone considering adopting, and I hope we open the conversation for anyone who was adopted. I know I learned a lot. Adopting isn't as easy as swiping left or right on a dating profile. My friends that have adopted were far better prepared to be a parent than I was when I had my daughter, but I'm glad she swiped right on me anyway. I'd like to thank my guests, Jean Villapeak, Carrie Church Cooper, and the lovely Jessica Elena Eason for their open hearts. Thank you for listening. Please reach out to me through our website, motherofallshows.com, if you have any questions, thoughts, or topics you'd like to hear. We are all over social media at MOASPod. This podcast is produced by Jen Perilini, written by Rebecca Johnson, music by Jerome Kurtenbach, and edited by Veronica Gruba. I am a proud part of the Eros Network. Please subscribe and rate the Mother of All Shows on Apple, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you listen. It will really help us out, like a dog pee pad when your kid has neurovirus. We will have links to the topics and resources we discussed today on our website. See you for the next one. How does Tinder work? I missed all of that. Can you swipe left on laundry? Powered by ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.